Often we will need to update our core beliefs in order to find our way to healthy boundaries. We may have a core belief that our voice doesn't matter, our needs don't matter, that it's selfish to name a need. This is significant work and it doesn't happen overnight. But a lot of what I I hear is a feeling of guilt or shame or real fear that I can't handle, you know, how someone might respond. And we begin to form these healthy boundaries as we begin to claim our sense of belovedness, our sense Mm -hmm. of self-worth. Boundaries Mm -hmm. begin to be formed out of that sense of honoring our own dignity and not betraying ourselves, like you said, Elizabeth. Welcome to the Faithful and True podcast. We're happy to be back with you today with our host, Dr. Greg Miller. Greg, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's good to be back. It is great to have you. Greg, of course, uh, is our director of men's workshops. He is a um, MDiv and a DMIN. And uh, together with his wife, Beth, who is also joining us again today. Beth, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Good. Uh, Beth is an MA and is the director of the women's uh, workshops. Together, uh, Greg and Beth really spearhead all of our efforts with all of our workshops here at Faithful and True. And last but not least, of course, we have Elizabeth Hardesty. And Elizabeth, great to have you back with us today. Elizabeth is an MA and an LPCC. She is a great counselor of the spouses here at Faithful and True, leads women's groups, uh, both in person and virtually, and both Beth and Elizabeth Uh, do a lot of the teaching at the women's workshops and the couples workshops. So uh, we're happy to be back with uh, all of us again today to continue and this subject of creating safe boundaries. Mm -hmm. Great. And for those of you that were with us the last time when we began the conversation and we talked about the fact that we're going to continue the conversation. So where is a good place for us to begin? I think we'll focus on just really thinking about what what happens to us when we don't set healthy boundaries. Like what what you'd mentioned in the previous podcast, Greg, that there's a cost to that, that it's, mm-hmm. it's certainly understandable for a time why we don't or why it might be easier on the front end to not set those boundaries. But really moving towards what what can the long term cost be to that? Mm-hmm. I know for me, one of the things I become aware of when I am not naming my need and setting a healthy boundary is I can get resentful, passive aggressive. I might be snarky or kind of leaking out. Um, I continue to lose my voice and not voice my true opinion, my true um, feelings about something. And I just stay in, you know, in that cycle. What (laughs) I can own that um, sometimes Greg, you know, Greg ends up hearing me whining about it. (laughs) If, if If I'm not doing the work to hold a boundary somewhere else, you know, um, I can complain to Greg about that versus, 
he's dead. <laughs> well, and one of the things I would say is an indication that I'm not honoring my boundaries is kind of like what Beth is saying. I find myself replaying the same stories in my head or to others over and over again. And it is about resentment. It's almost like I want somebody to hear me because in the original experience, I didn't feel heard. And the reality is no matter how many other people I tell, it doesn't repair the original experience where I didn't hold my boundary. I like to say, and to some extent, this maybe is a little extreme, but to some extent, when we, when we don't set and hold to healthy boundaries, we really start to betray ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it really is this sense of betraying ourselves. And I know for me, as I as I came into work at Faithful and True and realizing that I have a hoop and I have not been present to my hoop, I've really lost my hoop because little by little, just kind of these slow little deaths of me not identifying what I need, me not voicing my need and then holding to the, the boundary of those needs. I began to betray myself little by little and, and lost myself over time. Well, you know, using the seven desires that Mark and Deb talked about. Um, so if we were to say our, our need or our desires to be heard and understood. So a boundary could simply be, I will use my voice in my conversations with this person so that I can be heard about this particular issue. Mm-hmm. And if it's been my pattern to go silent, that's not serving me. That's where the resentment comes in. Yes. And so for me to be able just to say, the boundary I have is that I will use my voice when I'm in a conversation with this person and maybe even specifically about this particular topic. And we've, we've kind of talked about this, but I also want to name it. This isn't just about a relationship with a spouse. It may be our voice with our siblings, our voice with our coworkers, mm-hmm. um, setting boundaries with um, our parents or our adult children, mm-hmm. um, but allowing our voice to be heard may be one of the boundaries that we decide that we're going to set. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how healthy boundaries form. And I think one of the things that I would say is often we will need to update our core beliefs in order to find our way to healthy boundaries. We may have a core belief that our voice doesn't matter our needs don't matter, that it's selfish to name a need and then to make appropriate choices thereafter if that need can't be met. This is significant work and it doesn't happen overnight, but a lot of what I I hear and can experience myself with some resistance to setting a boundary is a feeling of, guilt or shame or real fear that I can't handle, you know, how someone might respond. And we begin to form these healthy boundaries. I I think in there's really some sacred timing in it as we begin to um, claim our sense of belovedness, our sense Mm -hmm. of self-worth, boundaries Mm -hmm. begin to be formed out of that sense of honoring our own dignity and not betraying ourselves, like you said, Elizabeth. I I would also say that not only do we have to update core beliefs about ourselves, many times we have to update core beliefs about others. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody will listen to me. Um, Nobody cares. Um, I'm all alone. Um, And so to recognize if I'm going to share 
my voice or if I'm going to create a boundary, if I'm going to identify a need, it's not just about what's going on for me, but it's also about what I believe about other people that I may want to share. Yeah. I'll put a plug in here again to what you mentioned earlier too, Greg, which is community. Mm-hmm. I think community is such a safe, safe community, such a huge aspect of really learning how to form healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. I know for me often I, I needed to check that out with members of my group. Like this is what I feel like I'm needing. Am I off base? Does this feel legitimate? Like just even having some other voices that can speak into that and, and help me even listen to that sense of self, you know, of, okay, all right, this is valid. This is an okay need to have. And even helping me brainstorm, okay, what are some choices? What are, what are some ways that I can speak this? How do I, how do I share this? What are my choices if it's not met? I think just to even think through that community can be such a huge part of this. Well, and even that idea, you, you talked about the validity of the need. What may be true is we do have a need and maybe the person that we are in relationship is unable to meet that need. Well, then we get to decide how we're going to respond or what we're going to do. It's not about the other person and what they're going to do, but it's about how we're going to respond because maybe legitimately they're unable to meet the need or they don't value the need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we said this in the first podcast, but boundaries really are about us and our behavior. And I, I believe it's a misconception that um, a boundary is to try to force someone to do something else, something mm-hmm. different. We're taking care of ourselves in this way and asking, what are, you know, what are my choices? One of the things that you said, Elizabeth, you were talking about, like, I go to my group, I go to my community, and they, you know, um, give me some feedback. I think we learn to set boundaries with just the next right step. Mm -hmm. And it really can take a while for us to do this, but practice makes pathways in the brain. Mm -hmm. The more that we practice having a voice, getting validated from our community or from our Mm -hmm. therapist, from our safe people, the more we start voicing, particularly like with other people who are good with their own boundaries, right? That can actually be uh, very validating. Um, this, this can just, it can be step by step, but the more that we practice, the more we're forming a new pathway in our brain that allows us to keep moving forward with doing this good work. Mm-hmm. When, one other thing, we've talked about this idea of um, having my voice be heard. So Sometimes a boundary is about moving towards something. What's also true is sometimes a boundary is the decision not to engage someone or to include someone. Um, If there are people in our life who are unsafe and historically have not been safe, at some point we may limit our engagement with them. Um, We may make a determination. I'm not going to share this part of my life with them. I don't owe them this simply because of some sort of biological connection Therefore, I'm choosing not to include them, and that's a boundary that I'm going to honor. Um, And so it really is this idea of it may be how I move towards someone, or it may also be about how I move away from someone, and it's both about boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yes. I like to think of that in terms of access, right? Like how much Mm -hmm. access... Am I able or willing to, to, to give this certain person, whether it be a coworker, a spouse, 
um, a friend based on kind of their level of of responsibility towards my heart, towards me, the level to which I feel safe. And we may have to determine the level of access dependent on that. I think one other thing that I hear so often from women, and I just want to validate is so many people, men too, I think, who say, I do not know what I need. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what I'm needing. And I think just to also normalize, that is going to be part of this practice that Beth is talking about. It is going to take time to really learn how to slow down and listen to ourselves. Maybe we've learned to listen to everyone else's voices, or we've been discouraged from church or otherwise to not mm-hmm. listen to ourselves. And so again, finding um, some safe community, finding a therapist, just taking the space to, to practice that. What does it really learn? I mean, to learn to listen to myself, to trust myself, to know that those needs are valid. Mm-hmm. And go from there. Yeah. Well, and we begin, you know, theologically with the acknowledgement that it is part of God's design that we are needful. You know, we often talk at Faithful and True that we don't use the word needy because it has such a negative connotation. But part of God's design specifically for community is that we have needs and many of those needs we cannot meet ourselves. Therefore, it does invite us to be in community as God designed. Mm -hmm. And so to live independently, to live isolation as an isolationist, to not name my needs is actually living outside of God's design. Mm -hmm. So part of this, the boundaries, the needs is moving towards becoming the person that God created us to be. This boundary, this naming needs is part of recovery. It is recovery. Mm-hmm. Great. So, so true. Well, Beth, let's talk a little bit about what, what in the world does a healthy boundary sound like? Yes. How do you okay. do this? Okay. So here are some examples of how this might sound. Thank you for thinking of me, but I'm not available to help out. I don't feel comfortable with that. I think I'll opt out. That's not going to work for us this weekend, but let's find another time to connect. No, (laughs) just no. I mean, that is a boundary, right? That's a full sentence, right? Right. And then this last one, um, I'm aware that uh, I'm not feeling safe. And for me to feel safe, I am needing fill in the blank. I am needing for you to get into counseling, to um, demonstrate that you are doing your work. Again, this isn't just with a partner. This could be, um, I am needing for you to um, be on time, right? Um, For us to meet when we say we're going to meet. It could be a host of things. Then here's the follow-up to that. If you are unwilling or unable to do whatever it was we just asked, I'm going to need to figure out how I will take care of myself as a result. And I think this is helpful that we're not necessarily naming, I will this. I mean, maybe we know, Mm -hmm. but what can be true is we can kind of box ourselves in with Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But I think giving us some room to say, then I'll need to figure out how to take care of myself, allow space for us to get regulated 
and out of a wise adult place make choices. I think what can be challenging is as we're navigating this, if we're not doing it from our wise adult chair, instead of it being a boundary, it becomes an ultimatum. Right. And there is an additional energy of an ultimatum that feels like a threat. This is never intended to be a threat. It's simply kind of the declaration of the truth of this mm -hmm. is my need and this is how I will respond. You know, one, one of the things that we hear a lot about and can be true in our own journeys is the idea of boundaries, families, and holidays. All of that can get very convoluted because there are so many expectations. There is so much history. There is so much um, energy around holidays and families. And so therefore, when a couple is trying to figure out how do we navigate the holidays, given everyone's expectations, given our needs, um, how do we find our no in the context of that? Um, I know of a situation where a couple had young children. The expectation was that we're going to open all of our Christmas gifts together and we're going to start at 6 a.m. And this particular couple lived about an hour away. And so it just wasn't going to work with their schedule. And because of history and dynamics, it was difficult for them to create a boundary to say, we can't be there at 6 a.m. Um, or the other end of the spectrum, and the church wanted to go, or the family wanted to go to a midnight mass. They have young children. It doesn't work for us to go to a midnight mass, but that had been the family tradition. So how do we specifically navigate some of this idea of boundaries? What does it sound like um, if we're trying to create boundaries around families, traditions, and holidays? I think you bring up a great point. And one of the things that I think we have to understand is that we may encounter some real pushback when we start to do this. Now, if we're setting boundaries with other people who are also good at their boundaries, one of the things we might hear is, wow, that's great. Way to go for naming your needs. We will honor that. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense, right. Of course, a midnight mass with a six-month-old, that probably isn't yeah. going to work, right? However, if we're trying to set boundaries with someone who is not honoring boundaries or wanting to push past them, it might sound like, what do you mean? This isn't okay. This is the tradition. And then, you know, the real gauntlet gets thrown down. You must not love me or care about our family. And if the way that love has been experienced, you know, quote unquote love, uh, is always going along to get along, this is going to create some disruption. Elizabeth, what, what else would you add? To I, that? I would agree with that. I think this, again, is just a, another reason why it's important to have support around us, whether it be a therapist or some safe community, because we often are going to need some additional voices that help us uh, stand in our hoop and validate what's true. It, it is OK that you have this need. It is OK that you have this boundary. And, you know, one if if in this family dynamic we can take out right or wrong, you know, for the family to want to go to a midnight mass is not wrong. Right. For the parents of preschoolers to not go to a midnight mass, it's not right or wrong. 
What happens though, as soon as we make it about right and wrong, it becomes a moral issue and we become even more entrenched and we're less likely to negotiate and figure, is there a way that we can celebrate as a family, even though it will look different this year? Mm. What, what becomes complicated, and I just had a conversation with someone recently about this, is when one spouse perceives the other spouse is enmeshed with the family and they are unwilling to draw a boundary because maybe they don't like it, but they don't want to be disruptive. And so negotiating and navigating that as a couple can be complicated when the spouse is the one who's not supporting the drawing of the boundary. Yeah. I, I think that's where a really good couples therapist can be super helpful because mm -hmm. those those kinds of issues can get so loaded and top messy. Yeah. yeah, they really can. One of the things that I would add about this comes from um, therapist Harriet Lerner. And she says, when we start to set boundaries, the, the rule of thumb is that we are firm and kind. We're clear about them, which can feel really vulnerable to be clear. And we're kind. We're not, you know, throwing shade or being snarky about it, but we're loving in even our words. And then she goes on to say, and expect that there may be change back which is, you know, the energy we might feel off of a spouse or a sibling or a friend basically saying, no, 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 change back. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. like this new version of you. I don't like that you're setting healthy boundaries. Please change back. That's what I'm comfortable with. And it's to me, it's just so helpful to know I may experience, quote, change back from the people in my life when I start voicing my needs. Well, I think what's true is we are all supportive of someone else's recovery journey until it starts to impact us, you know, in these negative ways. You know, if someone else is in recovery, great, until it becomes disruptive for me. Yeah. One of the things that we can know is if someone is starting to find their voice, name their needs, create boundaries, there are going to be those that see this as disruptive and I'm all in favor of your recovery and your transformative work until I have to change also. Yeah. Okay. Before we end, Elizabeth, can I think we've got to address what do we do if boundaries are not met? Hmm. I think this is where it, we, we, we maybe even need some help understanding like, what are my choices? You yeah. talked, Beth, about just really listening to what is my next right step? And so I think as we as we identify that, OK, I'm feeling unsafe, this is something that I'm needing, whatever that boundary may be, um, based on what the response is, what the action is or, or inaction is, then I will need to determine my next right step. Yeah. And so I think it, it sometimes can be helpful to to come have safe women or safe men alongside you or your therapist to think about, OK, where where is this guiding me? What? What would a next right step be to take care of myself? And, and we're going to have to slow down to do that. It's okay if in the moment we don't exactly know. Um, I think it's really good to learn phrases like, okay, I'm going to need some time to figure out how to best take care of myself here. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, get some support around thinking through our options. Mm -hmm. 
We, Can I say one more thing really quick too? And Greg, sorry to cut you off there. Oh, no, no. It's quite br brilliant, but just save it. It, it is. I, you know, I just, I just wanted to speak to how I feel like to really reflect on the gift of this in a relationship. When, yes. when, when two people have really done their work around knowing how to identify what they need and state boundaries in a healthy way, it, it provides such a sense of safety, whether that's with a spouse, with a coworker, with a friend, because you know if they're saying yes to something, yes, I want to meet you for dinner, yes, I want to help you with that, you know that that's coming from a place of choice where they really are choosing to want mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. They're not saying it to placate you, they're not saying it out of a place of resentment, and you can give that same gift back to them. So I think even just casting this vision that it really does provide such safety when we are in a mutual, that interdependent relationship where both people are listening to what they need, asking for what they need, and, and allowing the person to make the choice about, mm -hmm. can I choose to meet that need or not? Yeah, I'm when, so glad you ended that way. One, one thing yeah. I would say is, so what that means as the partner, if someone is growing in their capacity to name a boundary, they're learning how to do that, they're becoming fluent in this language, it's very important for us to honor that. Mm -hmm. if, if our spouse tells us, no, I'm not ready to talk about that, or no, I don't wanna do that, there may be an old pattern in us to push back and say, well, mm -hmm. what if we do this? Or are you sure? Or, you know, it, it's easy to kind of wanna maneuver a little bit but one of the best gifts that we can give our spouse who's learning to create boundaries is to honor them and give them the space. And they may come back and say, nope, I want to reframe that. But it's not helpful for us to constantly be questioning or pushing them against that mm -hmm. as they're trying to learn something new. Yes. Well Very said. important. Wonderful point to end on. I have a need for us to pull the plug on this now. <laughs> That makes sense, Randy. Beth, that makes sense, Randy. We get it. Beth, Elizabeth, Greg, thank you very, very much for your sharing your experience and wisdom today. That's a great topic, and I'm, I'm sure our listeners and viewers uh, really have benefited from it. Uh, if you are out there and hearing these messages, hearing these podcasts, and are feeling the need to reach out to us for help, please go to faithfulandtrue.com and uh, take a look at the resources that are there bookstore take a look at the uh, three intensive workshops that we offer uh, we are here to help and we understand uh, it's uh, we've been doing this for a long time for over 30 years faithful and true has been helping um, men who struggle and their spouses uh, who have their own uh, battle and struggle uh, on these very very painful uh, issues so visit faithfulandtrue.com uh, in the meantime, thank you for We hope that this coming week is going to be a week for you that's filled with many blessings and with great vision. Mm -hmm.